Live streaming is on. Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is May the 15th, 2020. One of my favorite days because the Who song, 515 by the Who, Google that. Strong hand, long-term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. One Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. Unconfiscatable. Be a unique beast. This is where the big boys play. I've got you some big boys here today, dudes. We got uh, Kyle Kemper. He is making his return after three years. He was on the show three years ago, almost to the day. And then he hasn't been on since the longest gap ever, but we closed the gap. And oh, he's got some things to say about the current events. We got Phil Geiger here also. He's, he's been on plenty. He's, he's a regular. Adam Paul Moore is back in the house too. He's become a regular. So, oh, I am really happy. Hello, my elite friends. I hope you have your strong hands ready. We're going to start off with uh, a quote by Adam, not me, Adam, but the other Adam, uh, by all historical records, the U.S. monetary dominance is due for a collapse. Oh, my God. However, I'm not sure we've ever seen a historical set of circumstances like this one we're in right now. When the other monetary hegemonies collapsed, the power and influence collapsed with them. So the question then is, is America's dominance in jeopardy? I don't think so. Good. I don't, I don't think so. If anything, America's dominance is in an all-time high. It's possibly that the Lind, it's possible that the Lindy effects are even weightier in the information age. My prediction, he says, hyper-Bitcoinization will happen not by a US dollar collapse, but by an adoption of Bitcoin, uh, by an adoption of the Bitcoin standard. It's more probable that the US will remain on top and adopt Bitcoin than it is to be destroyed and be plunged into anarchy. So I'm not predicting an end of the world either. I'm glad, I'm glad you're not. Um, I don't know about hyper-Bitcoinization though. I, I see people addicted to the US dollar. And I, I think uh, you sort of see that, but elaborate on what you're, you're saying there. Yeah, so when I'm thinking about history and when you have like the end of the, the Greco-Roman kind of era or like the Babylonian era of dominance, um, things were separated by time and space like you couldn't it was very difficult for an empire to control the barbarians to the north or whatever because you just you physically had to be there you know what i mean you you, you couldn't travel there in a short distance you had to bring an army with you the world today isn't that way so um like if, if suppose the u.s went out of uh favor with the rest of the world and so we weren't you know, the, the number one uh, superpower in the world anymore. Like, do we think that people are really going to start speaking Chinese or Russian as the dominant, as the dominant? Like, I, I think the way the information age has has transformed everything and the Lindy effect, which in case you, some people might be unaware, most Bitcoiners are, but things that tend to stay in existence for a long time uh, tend to continue into existence for a long time. Um, or it's a more likely predictor of, of the future. Uh, like code is written in English now. You know, all the domain names are in English. So I mean, U.S. doesn't necessarily equal English, but with the way that the world is today and like the, the, 
America's influence on the rest of the world is just not going to go away just because their monetary policy is stuff is going to go away because there is there is a, a way to kind of jump from the US dollar to something else in a very easy way. Whereas before, if if you were going to go off of the Roman dinar or whatever uh, type of monetary unit they were using at the time, um, there, there somebody had to create a whole new thing and it would have to be imported into that society. They'd have to start using it. There'd have to be adoption. But like people are already using Bitcoin and they could use Bitcoin if, there, if the US dollar went away tomorrow you could use Bitcoin or you could use another cryptocurrency. Um, you could use, you know, an Excel spreadsheet for, for all I care. I mean, if the world decided to put one person in charge, but there, there is, there is a way now for things to shift from one monetary unit to, to the next. Um, if an empire like the U S falls in a way that was not possible in, in the past or in history. And, and that's kind of what I was getting at there. Okay. Now, Bigger picture here. A, a lot of people are seeing uh, the United States print a lot of money. And then sure. we've got people screaming it's the end of capitalism at the same time. I mean, they, there's a lot of socialistic, communistic stuff going on right now. Sure. Um, are we are we getting closer to hyper Bitcoinization? Do you really think that's going to happen? People are going to switch to Bitcoin. Uh, what do you think about the current state of capitalism? I Well, I think that I'm not sure if we're gonna we're gonna see like a uh, like a Venezuelan or Zimbabwean type of collapse all at one time. I think you might see different like tranches or like different kind of steps into hyper Bitcoinization. Um, so you had 2001, you had 9/11, and then you in 2008 you had the the um, subprime mortgage crisis and kind of even before that a little bit of the housing crisis that kind of started in 2006. And I feel that some of the the malaise that we're feeling now in the economy despite coronavirus it is still a recovery of what was going on in 2008 so i think you might see like you know a bunch of inflation and then we kind of level off and then a bunch more inflation and we level off and so i could see like even following plan b's kind of stock to flow model if you if you take a look at it it almost kind of follows like in a four-year cycle but like it's almost like we're on a four to eight to twelve year cycle in, in, in the market where you have 2000, 2001, and before that, the dot-com bubble burst. And then 2008, you had a big problem. 12 years after that, now we have a big problem. So uh, I, I think that it's going to be kind of like more of a step way to hyper-Bitcoinization than it will be uh, a, like a all-at-once curve like this collapse. All right. We, we covered a lot right there. So I'm going to go to Kyle. I mean, you, you can pick pick and choose from that uh what you want to address there uh dollar uh staying on top top hyper bitcoinization uh end of uh end of capitalism plan b's model take it away kyle i don't know exactly what plan b's model is but <laughs> I, will, I will speak to to the the concept of like you know a mass event like or, or radical adoption I think we are coming towards an inflection point. If we want to call it hyper Bitcoinization or hyper hyper digital currencyization, I think we are at this inflection point right now, and we're going to see you know billions of wallets being adopted over the next couple of years as digital identity goes goes you know becomes mainstream, and everybody's going to need to start storing keys for that. As digital currency starts going, going, uh, you know, being deployed at national levels, and do I trust these these central bank digital currencies? Like hell, no. 
Like, you know, the, op the opportunity for permission censorable networks is huge. And that looks like what they're, what they're pushing for right now. But I think in that there is a silver lining in that by bringing people into even those systems, we're going to have, you know, that people will then more easily be able to switch into Bitcoin and they'll effectively be backdooring it. And we'll be able to pay our, we'll be able to pay our taxes, you know, in fed coin but we'll be able to earn and and store in whatever coin we want be it bitcoin be it another coin at the end of the day what's really important about this entire like transition that we're going in is the option of choice and you know i was speaking with like the guys over at flexa network and what they're doing is really interesting around just the notion of me wanting to pay with whatever i want to pay and you being able to receive whatever you want to receive and that element of choice moves us past this era of currency domination into this era of choice. Now, will it all mean that everything's into Bitcoin? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I think that Bitcoin alone can't handle it. Can't like, you know, as as its own as its own system can't can't deal with it all. But collectively, we have, uh, you know, amongst many of the different alternative alternative coins as well. Uh, and protocols, there is massive throughput for massive options and massive choice and competition. And competition is a good thing, in my opinion. Will, will the United States remain dominant in in the in the land of uh, the fiat, though? Is the United States currently dominant? I don't think so. I think United the people in the United States are very smart, but I don't think the United States are dominant anymore. I don't think that the United States is in control of the United States. And I think that we're seeing that play out right now. And we're seeing the world that sovereign nations are no longer in control of themselves. There are elite actors operating from a deep state perspective, in my opinion, who are dictating global policy like never before flooding the zone with correct information that is leading to policy decisions at a global scale which in my opinion are 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 are, are, are completely insane pound that like button we're going to get more into that soon don't worry people yeah I, I, people are intrigued by that real quick though uh you talk about competition and bringing people, I guess, into crypto backdoors into cryptocurrency. What do you think about Libra? Uh, I, 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 I paint, I, I paint it positively because I think it'll bring a lot of people to Bitcoin. But what's, what's your take on that? Same. I mean, I think, and I think I would love for everybody to understand what Libra is and how it works and how, how everybody who's investing in it are basically buying security tokens on the reserves and on the, on the, on the financial instruments that are part of it. By being part of that association, it's not it's not like you're just supporting this thing. You're actually they're actually investing in interest on all the reserves that are going to be held under it. And Libra has pivoted and pivoted, but Libra represents, you know, again, one of these potentially dangerous, censorable, uh, reversible networks. But again, it's a it's a backdoor. As people are as come into that and be like, "Oh, do I want to just hold a fit, like you know, a pegged currency, a pegged digital currency that has an infinite supply curve, or do I want to have something that has a mathematically determined supply curve, a true scarcity model?" Yeah, it's interesting. You, I mean, you're speaking the truth about all of these uh, different options, but at the same time, you're laid back. You're like, compete. Let them compete and let the people choose. Right? Absolutely. I, yeah, that's one of the sayings here. Compete, don't complain. I like Kyle's attitude on this. All right, Phil, take it away. We we brought up a lot of different things. I'm sure you've got some uh, thoughts on them. 
Yeah, there's a lot of topics to cover, but uh, first I'm just going to start by asking you guys a question. Um, Adam, are you stacking sats? Which Adam? This Both. One? Both. Of course, dude. I got more Bitcoin than I did at the beginning of the year. Yes. Adam, too. Are you stacking sats? Yes. I, have, I own more Bitcoin today than I have ever owned in my life. Kyle, are you stacking sats? I am stacking sats, but I'm also actively deploying my capital towards building. Excellent. This is the process of hyper-Bitcoinization. We are currently living in it just by the fact that each one of us are converting our fiat currencies into a scarcer, a harder currency, which means that we are uh, you know, propelling hyper-Bitcoinization. This is what it looks like. Uh, you know, some people might want it to go a little bit faster than others, but either way, the fact that you know, all of us are holding Bitcoin, we're currently stacking more sats, uh, means that over time we are making decisions that are, are you know, playing out at a global level, right? This is, this is exactly what adoption looks like in a decentralized manner. It's individuals making uh, purchases with their money. Now, I think another thing that came up uh, that Adam Paul brought up, which I thought was great, is, is like, you know, the internet right now is written in uh, in English, like most code is in English. Well, money is also a language, but it is a language of value. And uh, to the point earlier he spoke of, the Lindy effect is in incredibly important uh, for money because it gives you further optionality in the future if you can store value and communicate value in a language that is shared across the world. This is what Bitcoin's doing. Uh, and, you know, I think while we are living through a time period where there are competing currencies, uh, what people are kind of recognizing is that Bitcoin's innovation wasn't the power to give everybody the ability to print currencies. It was the power to give people the option to avoid printed currencies. It was to take that power away from individuals. Now nobody can print a currency. And this is, I think, the most compelling reason for why we're seeing Bitcoin dominance continue to increase. All of us are still stacking sets. We haven't left the project, right? That fixed supply of 21 million, it's utterly rigid. It hasn't been changed in 11 years. Even if there was a bug that caused some sort of inflation, uh, I assume also that we're all running full nodes. Well, we would be able to run software that patched that to maintain that uh, supply of 21 million. So from my perspective, digital scarcity is a one-time phenomenon uh, through individual action of selling one currency and storing value in Bitcoin. We're all living through hyper-Bitcoinization. Uh, I'm just excited to be here. All right. We had a, a very exciting uh, event earlier this week. So we, we have to, I, I want your take on it. You're talking about digital scarcity, one-time event. I love that. I love that. Um, but uh, Phil, what is what was your take on the halving? Well, in international currency competition, there are the haves and the have-nots. Uh, Bitcoin is one of the haves. It had a halvening. Uh, the third one, you know, what's amazing is that after, you know, 12 years of being in, in existence or 11 and a half years of being in, in existence, uh, this having occurred like seven months sooner than was a, originally planned if the 10 month average had been uh, like consistent. So the accuracy of the monetary policy has been amazing to watch. Um, and that's despite extreme competition and exponential growth in ASIC technology. So as we're uh, actually on the show together, uh, an article uh, 
written in collaboration between Yassin from ARK Invest and Drew Bonsell from Unchained Capital was just released about Bitcoin's ability to reject or uh, push back against exponential changes in technology. So just the fact that we had this happening like uh, this week and it went off without, without a hitch, uh, pretty much on schedule after 11 and a half years is, is pretty incredible. Uh, are you looking forward to 2024 having? Oh, I'll be there. Yeah, so I was. We were uh, actually at an Unchained Capital team meeting during the happening. So the, the team meeting, of course, got a little bit off track because we were all celebrating. Uh, but you know, I, I popped a bottle of uh, champagne and had a little half half a glass to celebrate. All right, uh, let's let's get Kyle's take on uh, the having. Any uh, any any thoughts on this momentous week? I mean, it it happened according to according to plan. It happened. 50 to 25, 12 and a half to 6.25. Here we are. 3.125 is the next step. And, you know, it happened at the block time and it, and it did. And the network continues and it just shows. And it's, I think, another, another like, you know, uh, signal to the world about the way that Bitcoin's inflation policy, about general understanding about the way, about the Bitcoin inflation policy and how this is governed by like fixed logic math code, as opposed to like, this is trusting in code as opposed to trusting in men and trusting in circles of men. So, you know, I'm, I'm whatever. I don't really like, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't out there celebrating celebrating in any function it just happened and i'm and of course like bitcoin it just happens the transactions keep rolling they keep happening and you know it, but i think it's also important that as a community we have times to come together around and this represents a very significant moment in the bitcoin decentralized community network and you have been around for quite some time because I mean, I, I last time you were on the show was three years ago. It is quite amazing how things have changed uh, from one having to another, which makes you wonder what's it going to be like next time around. I mean, uh, it, it, it technology progresses and uh, it's it's it, sometimes time flies by, sometimes it, it's it's just amazing when you look back at how, how much has, has changed uh, since then and how how the space has evolved and uh so much growth like the infrastructure the user base the the use cases you know they just they continue it feels like it feels like this this like if can it be building a house or a mansion like we've all the infrastructure all the plumbing is in place the walls are up now it's just time to finish this thing to bring to welcome everybody in the world to it I'm I'm getting interest from people I haven't heard from for a while, and I th I think it's because the having has seeped into the mainstream consciousness a little bit. There were some articles about it. Have you been getting uh, interest uh, from from people you haven't heard from for a while? I should ask Phil this too. I will, but I, I do. Uh, yeah, I get I I, I have all, especially given what's going on now with uh, with all the with all the money printing and and like you know just the general you know sense of uh, sense of all the fear out there people are looking for alternatives and and you know and bitcoin as I've said forever is yeah. one of these alternatives is as you should have, everybody should be owning bitcoin you should own a little bit no matter what like you're taking a risk by not having exposure to bitcoin oh yeah pound that like but i love that line now phil uh, going back to you have you had a, a surge in interest i mean there are a lot of people uh, i've heard associated with the the exchanges are really happy. Their business has been up since uh, 
since the money printing uh, began on whatever day that was, March the twelfth, when when insanity uh, occurred on March the twelfth, have you have you been having people uh, contact you, uh, Phil? Absolutely. And for your viewers out there that don't know, I work for Unchained Capital, hence the shirt. Uh, we do Bitcoin native financial services for long-term Bitcoin holders that understand, you know, the value of private key ownership. So, uh, you know, we have a couple products. One is the uh, multi-signature vault, which is great for long-term custody. And that, that product saw massive adoption in Q1 of 2020. Uh, it was our best quarter ever uh, in terms of Bitcoin deposits. People are, people are moving to Bitcoin and they want to make sure that they're secure. Um, so, yeah, I would say that the mainstream has been reaching out. Um, you know, we're working hard to help uh, give people control of their own private keys and work with them through the process. And yeah, we're seeing a lot of growth. So it's pretty exciting to be uh, around during this time period and watching this, this happen. Thank you for sharing those positive statistics. That, uh, that is a very good sign. And I'm, thank you for sharing that. Uh, Adam, uh, we'll, we'll go back to you. I don't know if you've been getting inquiries or anything, but what was your take on, on the halving? Yeah, this was actually my first having since I've been since I've been a Bitcoin owner. Um, I, I started getting into Bitcoin at the end of 2016. Um, so it's been uh, like it's been a long time coming for me because I I wasn't even aware. I was aware of Bitcoin, but I wasn't aware. I wasn't in the, in the space, so to speak, um, before that time. So it's been uh, it was really kind of interesting. I, I got to, to share it with a Zoom call with like. 20 other Bitcoiners, most of whom that you would know um, on from Twitter. And, and that was pretty cool. But uh, I, I tweeted out something and said, like, I celebrated by just going about my business like Bitcoin does. And uh, and that that was the remarkable thing. The fact that it's unremarkable is the remarkable thing. It just happened. Um, there was nobody. Nobody had to, like, you know, cut a red tape or, like, ring, like, the opening bell at the stock market like there there was, it just happened as part of the code. And so, um, yeah, that was, it was, it was interesting. It was funny. One of my, one of my friends I've, I've been talking to about Bitcoin, he's, he's mildly interested, but he called it the Havsies. And I thought <laughs> it was, I thought that was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I think we we'll start calling it the Havsies from now on, yeah. but there, I think people generally are starting to get more aware. And I've had several people contact me within the last month or two, especially since the government started printing more money. Um, and also, uh, people in, in the business space, uh, like Phil mentioned are, are more interested in it. I, I'm a director for, um, for a marketing company. I'm, I'm director of uh, digital media and, uh, we're reaching out to, to companies who are looking to like financial services companies, insurance companies, uh, any other type of, um, company that might be in, involved in the financial services industry and, and helping them, uh, navigate their, their stance and how they're going to reach potential clients who are interested in, in diversifying their portfolios into Bitcoin. So if anybody is interested in that, they can definitely uh, hit me up later. Hey, all these dudes are linked to below, by the way. So follow them on Twitter. They're great. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll stick with you, Adam. Uh, did you hear the news that uh, JP Morgan is going to have a banking relationship with Coinbase and Gemini? Uh, any thoughts on that? Well, I, I definitely prefer Gemini to Coinbase. Um, Coinbase has screwed me over more than once, and I've deleted them. And uh, and and actually, I deleted them, 
And when I posted a video of me deleting them, I used Hotel California by the Eagles. And then like I got a DCMA yeah. takedown notice because I because I used like a tiny little clip of it that was like recorded from my phone, like just like yeah. the, the, the audio was like in the air. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I expect more of this type of thing because as as we start to live through hyper Bitcoinization, the slowly, gradually thing, people are just going to get more and more into it. And you're going to see people like there are, and there are people on the inside. I know plenty of people in the banking industry and in the financial services industry who themselves are Bitcoiners. Maybe they're in their twenties or thirties or forties and they, um, you know, they're pushing like the big guys, you know, the old heads to, uh, to make the switch. And, and I think it's, it's going to work slowly, slowly, but surely like people who are in their twenties, who've known about Bitcoin since they were watching, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants, they're going to be the ones making the decisions for these banks. So even if they're not like a, a true, you know, taco plebe, they're they're still a they're aware of it and believe in that type of technology. All right, I'm glad you brought up that uh, Hotel California thing because the YouTube algorithm—it's not even a human that does this stuff. That got that got rid of my whole channel. Uh, it, it it does things like that. But anyway, uh, we're living in an algorithm world right now where people are slaves to the algorithm. It, it, it seems like keep on being defiant, people. And yes, uh, good points about J.P. Morgan, etc. I, I want uh, your take on that, Phil. Uh, J.P. Morgan has uh, a lot of people think they're the devil, and that they uh, they used to say uh, Jamie Dimon said horrible things about Bitcoin, and now they're going to have a banking relationship with two of the bigger American uh, Bitcoin uh, related companies. What, what's your take, Phil? Of course they are. I mean, Bitcoin doesn't need J.P. Morgan, but it's becoming very, very clear that J.P. Morgan needs Bitcoin. Uh, and I think that that's the case um, internationally. Like everyone, you know, kind of looks at Bitcoin like, oh, Bitcoin's good. Uh, you know, this is good for Bitcoin or whatever, or uh, they don't need Bitcoin or Bitcoin doesn't need an ETF. Um, really, the opposite is true, I think. Like all of these traditional financial uh, companies and services need Bitcoin. They haven't necessarily woken up to that effect yet, but uh, they're starting to. All right. Uh, good points. Kyle, JP Morgan. Yeah, same. Banks are, going to need, banks are going to, they need clients and there's big clients in Bitcoin and they're going to want to be, you know, they're, they want to be ahead of the curve and behind it. And, you know, they're, they're struggling to stay relevant and survive. They're being attacked. Every single one of the banks, banks, primary, you know, businesses being attacked by innovators. And, you know, for them to stand up and say, oh, we're going, we've to make public announcements that we've taken on a client. Are you kidding me? Like, who cares? Like, get out of here. We don't need you. Um, not that exciting. Hey, I, 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 since we're talking about Coinbase here, I don't know if anybody wanted to chime in. Uh, when, the, <laughs> when the price has surged lately or when the price has dropped, like we've, had, we've, had, we've had some uh, turbulence. Coinbase has went down yet again. What, does, does anyone have any thoughts about that? I mean, it's like we're back in 2016 for a second. I mean, not for a second, for, for more than a second. Uh, anyone want to chime in on, on Coinbase uh, going down? I might have a thought for that. Yes. Um, Coinbase went down. Bitcoin doesn't go down. Uh, now, if, you've, if, you've held, if you have control of your private keys, uh, you always have unilateral access to your Bitcoin. So if you would like to protect your potentially multi-generational wealth, from downtimes like Coinbase or like other exchanges might have, take control of your private keys. 
This is one of the powers of Bitcoin. Is there responsibility? Absolutely. Is it easy? Nope. <laughs> but with great power comes great responsibility. And this new money has an entirely new set or suite of tools that you can use to protect it. Like the boat. That's what you need. Yeah. Like this, this, this is a, this is a wallet. It's on your wall. That's the wallet. Control of it. Yeah. Multi-generational. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, if you, if you'd like to avoid, you know, your, your funds being locked by a downtime, get in contact with me. I can help you get set up on multi-sig where at any given point in time you have unilateral control. Let's so do that. I want to help the you. Way coin, the way Coinbase screwed me over was I had put, I had made a trade and the trade was funded directly from my bank account. This was back in 2017. And um, because the way the, the trade happened, like it, it wouldn't let me trade back out of that position because like the funds were not, had not reached Coinbase yet. So it was a, it was a gigantic trade that I really wanted to get out of. And it took me like five days for the funds to be settled. And by that time, the price move, had moved so much, the price had probably moved 30% in that time period. And it was, it was a disaster for me. Hey guys, that's why I say offended by selling. Never even try to sell. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm offended. Well, I, I haven't sold. I haven't sold a single Satoshi since August for any reason at all, for any purpose. I have donated a, a tiny little bit, but um, I haven't sold anything to anyone since August. All right, let's let's get into some bigger subject matters. That I, I now that Kyle's back after three years, I want to hear about this. Uh, Media manipulation of mass consciousness, uh, something that you uh, definitely know about. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, with, re with regards to, you know, the, the unfolding events that we've seen, um, you know, if anybody's watching and hasn't heard about Event 201, that was the pandemic simulation that happened in October, and one of the key recommendations out of it. So in October, there was a coronavirus global pandemic simulation put on by Bill Gates and company in the World Economic Forum and John Hopkins University, where they role played for three and a half hours uh, how to deal with fake news and everything. It was really messed up. And there were no state actors involved. It was all big corporations and NGOs and, and some universities and and. In their recommendations that came out of it, there were seven of them, but the seventh one specifically was, and and their their discussion around it was very alarming um, to me. Specifically, there was one line in it saying that, you know, fighting misinformation or dealing with misinformation and disinformation is going to be one of the biggest challenges that we face. And in order to do that, in order to like be on the right side of this, in order to win this battle, we're going to need to flood the zone with the correct information. And that was a statement that was brought up earlier. But this flood the zone is something that we have seen in full force. I got a message from my friend, Jamie Joyce, who runs the Society Library and now has a, has a, a website called COVID Convo, where they're trying to track all of the different media sources because the same, the same piece of information is being repeated ad nauseum across every single media outlet. And it's being hammered, hammered, hammered. And all the blue check marks out there on Twitter represent all these media organizations and they're just hammering it too. And like the lack of journalism, it's just, it's it's become this like childish pissing match where they're calling anybody who doesn't, who, who they don't like agree with the narrative jerks. 
like you know, or or like just using using personal attacks as opposed to actually engaging the debate. You know, one of the one of the interesting things that David Ike said was around around just the notion of debate. Like, if you can't win a debate, do not have it. And this is something that is happening now by flooding the zone with all this information and like, you know, and affecting the general consciousness of society in terms of people believing, you know, what the truth is or what the situation is. I personally feel that I just know my neighbors, like nobody around us. I mean, we're a bit of a beacon of light here and like spreading out, spreading out, uh, high vibrations, I would say, but nobody, everybody here is very critical. All the families, all the people are very critical of of the information, the beliefs that's going on. But even if we're all on board with this or all have questions, if we go to Google News or if we go to our traditional media outlets and we're just fed with fed with this, you know, this this you know this propaganda that drives fear. And that that drives this narrative of fear and this 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 great threat of something that we need to protect ourselves from, which has resulted in us being in this lockdown state for now. I've been in it since the beginning of March. I had firsthand like contact with someone. I didn't get sick. None of my family got sick. It was kind of messed up. But everything has kind of unfolded to that point and now they've like taken away all of our so many of our basic rights and abilities and like constitutional rights and now they're starting to like feed them back to us like they took away the beaches they closed the beaches put props up on the beaches and then they decided okay we're going to open one beach and then channel everybody to this beach so it's like there's a ton of people there and but in more than more than just the people there it was this new like okay this is the new normal of helicopters of atvs on the beach of gators on the beach of loudspeakers telling people you can't sit down or lie down just this weird kind of fear sense going on and it was like you know the, the consciousness was messed up and you mentioned that the name calling like a grandma killer is is one of the things that uh, people use on, on twitter but the, the, what do you think it's a herd mentality too that people they don't want to be called a grandma killer so they're going to go on the side of the name calling what's your take on the, on the bitcoiners and the cryptocurrency people that have joined this herd the people who are supposed to be the most independent and outspoken uh there have been some shocking uh revelations here <laughs> here's a powerful weapon and uh, you know, and you can get sucked into it. I was—I mean, right out the gates, I was very concerned about safety and and about about it. But as more and more kind of information and trying to like you know, believing that I think critically about things and and looking at all the sides, it became very apparent. This is—I I mean, I, I have no fear uh, regarding this virus. I believe there's a there's a clear and present danger facing society though, and facing our rights and facing you know our ability to. You know, live to our highest potential right now. Hang on to the Bitcoin people. That's a way to, to protest this, but be defiant. All right, uh, Adam, any any thoughts on, on the fear factor? Or what's going on in general society today? Oh man, like about a month ago, I was walking on a path that was part of a park, but it looked like a sidewalk because it was right next to the road. And a, a guy in a truck drove past me and said, fight the power. Like he was in support. It was like that's that's what we're coming to. Like walking in a park next to a road is like a an act of defiance. Of course, where we are now, the.
left, I said, instead of saying stay safe, I said, stay unsafe. And he laughed. And it reminded me, I had a friend who um, every time we would leave, he would say, drive fast and take chances. And um, he was a very, he was a family guy or whatever. And I think the purpose of it was like a little bit to like, kind of change your perspective. Like if I say, hey, drive safe, whatever, you know, you're not going to drive safe. But if I say drive fast and take chances, you're probably more likely to do the right thing because somebody put that in your head and everybody's like, stay safe. You know, we're all in this together. But like, if you were, if you're really in this together with me, like you'd be taking care of me. Like, but really if you're telling me to stay home, lose my, lose my job, lose my business, possibly lose my house. Um, I like, uh, like Kyle mentioned, like I, I was initially kind of concerned, you know, like, well, what, are, what is China not telling us? Like they're, they're, they're welding people into buildings and they're spraying down like, videos of people spraying down streets and stuff like that like they must know something that we don't know but as this thing has begin begun to roll out and i've known people personally who've gotten it gotten the virus and stuff and actually know people whose family members have died of it and stuff I, i'm i'm beginning to realize the the virus itself is not a hoax the response to it is the hoax um and i'm i'm as careful with it as i would be like it's it's not the flu but I'm as careful as it would be if there was something dangerous like the flu and I'm taking necessary precautions. But I think uh, Kyle's right. The civil liberties part of it that have been eroded. We just, we just ate it up. Like we, we, we laid down. We, 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 we did not do like the previous several months, people were talking about like libertarian circles about like the boogaloo and they're ready to, you know, fight for their freedoms and, you know, especially gun rights and things like that. We we've completely just given up. Like, I, I don't know where we are as a society or as a country or as a world even, but I don't know. Sorry for rambling. It's no. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. No, it's good. Beyond belief. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. I forgot to say that at the beginning of this show. Uh, that's a few, few are engaging in the person in personal responsibility. It seems more and more people want the government to take care of everything and to tell everyone what to do uh, when it all could be solved easily. People, if people are scared, they should stay inside. All right, Phil, any thoughts on uh, what's going on in uh, society today? <laughs> uh, well, I think that, uh, you know, I'm not an expert in, in viruses. I, I know a little bit about Bitcoin. So what I will say is that if you're unhappy with the way that your leaders have been responding, the most effective way to take power away from them is to store your time, energy, and wealth in a currency that they cannot manipulate. Um, it doesn't necessarily seem at... at you know, first glance, like the strongest form of protest, but in my mind, it is really the most powerful form of protest is don't give them, you know, don't, don't live in their bubble, right? They use the currency to be able to control, censor, and manipulate you. If you're unhappy with the service that they're providing you, exit. Now, of course, you know, Bitcoin can't solve every problem and Bitcoin's very volatile. So you need to, you know, be aware of these things. But start exiting. Start the process. I have been. It's been amazing for me. I, I like that. That's a, that's a clear, concise answer right there. All right. Let's go back to uh, Kyle here. I want to hear about Swiss Key. I, 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 need, I need an explanation of what this Swiss Key is all about. Yeah. So if we look at like the symbol, I mean, this symbol is something you'll find at the beach. That's what, what the people who keep us safe are wearing when we're at the beach, nutrition, that's a lifeguard symbol. If we look at 
this symbol, the inverse of it, like that's the red cross. Um, the symbol of Switzerland or Switzerland as a nation, I think is one of the most kind of sensible forward thinking. Their, their, their system of democracy is incredible. Uh, they actually have direct democracy where the entire country can vote four times a year on referendums. Anybody can get can can queue up a referendum. The whole country will learn about it if they get the votes on it. It's really incredible. So I was over in Switzerland last year for the Crypto Valley Conference, and I was there on behalf of the Canadian government as a private sector champion of industry or something like that. And I gave a talk, and I was teaching... Uh, teaching people like, again, at these crypto conferences, it's freaking hilarious how many people are experts in crypto, but they don't have any, they don't, <laughs> they don't have any on their phones. They've never done a transaction before. They have no idea. They're literally selling crypto acceptance solutions, but they don't like, you know, the company might, but the girl who's at the booth, she doesn't have it. She has no idea. The people working at the, at the conferences, they have no idea. They're not getting paid in Bitcoin. They're not even getting a lesson. They're not getting a primer. We were at ETH Denver earlier this year. They had 14 food trucks all accepting like, you know, the, the ETH Denver dollar using Fortmatic. And they were all like, okay. And it was a total nightmare how it all went down. But there was this golden opportunity to teach all of these people about like how easy it is to accept crypto and to use crypto. And so I just come back to usability and it's like, you know, this goes all the way back to 2013 when I got in this game. The very first thing is wallets. I had a Bitcoin ATM in my restaurant, and it was all about just teaching people about wallets and showing people wallets. And, um, you know, an, an Edge wallet is one of my favorite wallets. I love Paul Pui. He's been in it since Airbits 2014. Uh, you know, made an amazing product, a great, a, a great solution. And, um, and what I liked about their wallet more than most of them is that from a new user perspective, it uses a username and password as opposed to a seed mnemonic. So the seed mnemonic, I like downloaded Blockstream Green the other day and I had to write down like, man, like all these, just in order to set up this, like anybody can, if you want, you know, try and get those, those, those 48 words, but it took 48 words to, to be able to accept some sort of lightning, light night, token it was crazy it took me forever i can't i don't expect people to be able to enter this on this journey uh for the mainstream users seed mnemonics are just in my opinion like a non-starter it's good to be able to export them but they're non they, they they suck and so edge wallet had that solved but then the edge experience like i had a lot of feedback for paul and paul was like you know what kyle why don't you just start to like white label our wallet and build on top of it and 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 build your unified wallet because this is the book i wrote which explores what's possible when we're in full control of our keys and you know identity data and currency is all digital and how we can achieve a seamless experience and unlock a digital golden age and so you know we did that and then i came to the with jason king like you know we were, we were batting around some names and part of the journey and we settled on swiss key which i think is nice because i was looking at the wallets but there's so many wallets wallets don't really mean anything anymore like coinbase has a wallet like custodians banks have wallets apple's got wallets google's got wallets but at the core crypto is all about keys and you need to maintain like your own keychain. and so swiss key is effectively you know an app that is that is a, a universal vertically integrated wallet where self custody you're in full control of your keys it supports multiple currencies including bitcoin including bitcoin cash including bitcoin sv including doge the almighty doge uh digibyte like the list goes on ethereum all the erc20 tokens 
if you don't believe in any of the other currencies, whatever, that's fine. But it's not for me to say, I'm only going to support that. Believe in choice, believe in opportunity, believe in options. So being able to support those is important. Um, you know, that ultimately will help. And then we hooked up with this company called Tangem that makes these physical NFC cards that generate the keys internally on, on the microchip and don't, uh, and you can never uh, export the private key. So whoever has the key has the card. So these cards are effectively like a digital cash bill or crypto bill. There's an Ethereum one, we have Ethereum and Bitcoin ones. And then, so this is like a really familiar form factor uh, by which someone can use crypto. And it works with somewhere around, oh, here it is. I got a point of sale from this company called Cyclebit that makes these wireless point of sales that are merchant terminals. They also have NFC. So you can just tap and pay with this at, at, a, you know, at, at a vendor who will have these. And this is all like kind of you know, fresh tech. We're taking all these kind of you know, dope solutions and bringing them underneath this brand that is Swiss Key to provide a simple, accessible, and secure solution for these next billion users that we expect to come into crypto. I, I am still laughing my butt off with, about that line where you go to the conferences and you meet the no coiners. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is, it's, it's, it's so true. There are so many people in this space that are experts, but they have nothing. I, I, don't, I don't exactly I, get I think it. We mentioned, I think we talked about that last time, Adam. I think I had a tweet about like if everybody who was on Twitter had like a whole Bitcoin, like we would run it. We would have run out of Bitcoins by now. Yeah, I, I wish I wish all the big talkers did ha actually had one whole Bitcoin that 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 would be great. <laughs> yeah, I do remember talking about that. More than that. I, I wish that people who had treasures and ledgers and have like, you know, their savings vault had a mobile wallet as well with some carrying coin in it and actually use this and engage this more than just a speculative vehicle. Like, you know, the hodl it mantra doesn't like, you know, it doesn't serve. It's good. It's like, you know, that's looking at crypto as just the hodl point of view as just, okay, this is a goal. This is a savings vehicle. This is a speculative instrument like versus it as a, uh, it as a currency, as a transaction network. I like, you know, on my car, I have, which is right behind me here. <laughs> Check this thing out. Whoa, what's going on here, man? Oh. <laughs> yeah, so this is my like crypto, crypto car. And on the front, spray painted are three hashtags HODL, SPENDLE, and GIVLE. Like, you know, and it's important to like HODL your savings, SPENDLE your checkings. And givel with love is, you know, what I would, you know, I like to kind of say to people because it's important, like, you know, to introduce it and to use it and to hold it. There's so many different uses for this that, you know, if we're living in hyper-Bitcoinization, it's about like using it for everything. It's earning in it. Like, don't accept fiat payments for anything. Like only accept crypto if at all possible. And if someone pays you in fiat, turn it into crypto. And as part of hyper-Bitcoinization, what Adam was saying about earlier, it's like, you know, use choose Bitcoin for your for your black, but use fiat for the credit. That's the other that's the other means of protest is use fiat for credit. So borrow as much as you can on on in the fiat system and save everything you can in the in in the crypto system. Oh wow, baby, you 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 are hardcore, De definitely, definitely. Uh, and yes, of course, charge everybody, get people to pay you in Bitcoin. You see, the, what I have a hard time doing. 
I can't spend my Bitcoin. So I, I, you're a big proponent of, you know, medium of exchange, means of exchange. I, I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm stuck in saving. Where can't you spend it? No, I can't spend, I can't spend my, I only spend my fiat. I cannot, I never spent Bitcoin. I can't. Oh, he's, it. he's saying he has a, he, it's hard for him to spend it. Like he physically I can't, can't. I can't, I can't do it mentally. It's e If I wanted to, sure. There's a million places to do it at. There's a million places. I just can't do it. So I, I, mean, I am in yeah. the savers. I am way more a saver. Uh, but hey, I let everybody's got their say. I mean, uh, there's plenty of people that uh, to love love to spend it also. And if people are going to spend it, and again, I encourage people to spend it by paying me that way. I that that's how I charge people. It's great. It's it's. I just can't. Uh, I just can't give it away. I, I love it so much. Well, the uh, thing have, and and Adam, that's that's a totally natural uh, way to to handle this situation. Like, imagine that. You're holding two currencies, right? And one is actually dog crap, and the other one is a strong currency. Which currency are you going to get rid of first? Of right? The dog crap. Like that's that's natural. So trying to encourage people to spend their Bitcoin while it is a, I think, uh, a noble process. It's kind of fighting against human nature. So what I've found is really really exciting about this new generation of products is they figured out the correct alignment of incentives, which is spend fiat, stack sats, right? Like if you look at Lolly, Fold, you know, um, what is it? Uh, the the uh, uh, Strike by Zap and uh, Escher, like these are all ways where you as a user can link a fiat bank account to spend Bitcoin and then the merchant receives or, sorry, spend fiat and the merchant receives Bitcoin. Like this is the correct alignment of incentives for today. Like, yes, we do want to be able to spend our our cryptocurrency in the future, our Bitcoin in the future when the value has increased enough where we're now like, okay, I'm comfortable with spending a little bit of this. But before that, you're kind of just fighting an uphill battle. It's a little too early. Like spend fiat, stack sats. The problem is I don't, if I get paid in Bitcoin, then I would be spending all my Bitcoin. And But the, the reality is, the amount of Bitcoin that I hold is is small in relation to my net worth, my total net worth, because I still own, I still have four hundred one k and all that stuff. Um, yeah, and and it's it's small in relation to just my normal operating expenses. You know, I have a mortgage and kids and you know, car and stuff like that. Um, once we move into hyper Bitcoinization, I'll be spending it all the time, and and I don't mind. I wouldn't mind spending my Bitcoin on something if. If I needed to, because I, I see Bitcoin as money and I use Bitcoin the same way I would use a, a bar of gold or or cash under my mattress or something. I, I use it as money. And right now I use it as the savings part of my of my money. And I, I definitely would would favor and do favor merchants that accept Bitcoin. And uh, shout out to one of my friends, uh, Bloom Audio. He's bloomaudio.com. He sells headphones like high end headphones. He accepts he's a hardcore Bitcoiner uh, and, and accepts Bitcoin. Um, but fundamentally, Bitcoin is is money. So in any way that you would use money, which is save it, spend it, give it, um, that, that's the way you should use Bitcoin. All right. Let's uh, I, I want to go back to Phil because uh, Kyle got to talk about what he's doing. Tell us uh, about what uh, any uh, unchained uh, information you want to share. Sounds good. So we've been uh, hard at work on some pretty exciting upgrades. So just to recap, Unchained Capital is a Bitcoin native financial services provider um, today offering 
uh, multi-signature collaborative custody, uh, uh, like custody and liquidity products. So we offer loans um, off of your Bitcoin as collateral and we offer vaults, which help you protect your long-term uh, Bitcoin holdings where you hold control of the keys. Um, and we have some great open source tools. So the next uh, big release of ours, which is should be imminently, um, is a massive upgrade to Caravan, which is our open source tool that allows uh, people to build and use multi-sig addresses directly in their browser. Uh, so before this upgrade, Caravan was awesome for building single multi-sig addresses that you could use with, you know, if you have multiple devices lying around. This upgrade is going to turn Caravan into more of a fully-fledged multi-signature wallet, so it can coordinate multiple addresses at a time. Um, this is a really, really big upgrade for Caravan, which will then be uh, have, have lasting impacts to our vault service. Um, so be on the lookout for the Caravan upgrades. I think they're going to be really exciting. We've already seen some pretty awesome use cases um, by lowering the barrier to entry of multi-sig. You know, we've seen people who have never met each other in real life across the world collaborating to build multi-sig addresses and deposit Bitcoin into those addresses for a bet. Um, so I think that's a pretty exciting use case that wasn't easily accessible before Caravan came out. So that's kind of our goal is make multi-sig ubiquitous, teach everybody how to use it, why it's more secure. And then when you're ready to for financial services, you, you can come to us and work with us for either your custody or, or liquidity needs. So yeah, Caravan's coming out. It's going to give us a lot of, uh, a lot of cool upgrades to follow. Awesome. You guys are in motion down there. Uh, how's, how's life in Austin? Have they lifted the restrictions? They're starting to lift the restrictions. Yeah. So uh, I was actually walking around my neighborhood the other day and some people were eating uh, at a restaurant. So a few of the restaurants are opening. People are wearing masks and social distancing. Um, but it's so nice outside that, you know, I personally have been going out and mountain biking almost every weekend because I got to get outside and I, I, so wonder many, quickly. <laughs> I wonder how many Californians are going to end up moving to Texas after this. All right, uh, let, let's go to uh, Adam. And anything you, you want to promote? Any Anything that was left off you want to share? No, I, I mentioned that um, I don't think maybe some people who follow me on Twitter don't know this, but I'm a digital marketer by trade, and uh, I work for a company called Haven Media. And uh, we do all different – we do media for – Insurance companies, banks, um, car dealerships, plastic surgeons, I mean, anything and everything. Um, and uh, if, if you're looking for a media company, a marketing company who understands the Bitcoin space, who understands the messaging that's, I mean, I mean, obviously in the Bitcoin world, uh, the proper messaging I think is super important and being able to understand who it is you're trying to reach, you're trying to reach Bitcoiners. So if you're interested in that, you need help with SEO, uh, Google pay-per-click, anything like that, uh, definitely hit me up on Twitter. Um, be, be interested to talk with you and uh, show you what we can do. All right. These dudes are in motion. They're doing their thing. They're not letting any lockdown stop them. Now, I want, I want to go back to, to Kyle. You, what's up with these? You, you told me about decentralized dance parties and oh, yeah. blockchain across America RV trip. I didn't know about these things. What are these things? So, well, let's take one at a time. So the decentralized dance party is, uh, I first learned about it at this conference called DogeCon. So DogeCon, that was kind of an unconference up in uh, in Vancouver, 2016. I met the leader, Gary, Gary Lachance, who started 
decentralized dance party. And he's had 99 physical dance parties. And we had one to celebrate the launch of Swiski in Zurich last summer. And what it involves is a ton of boom boxes and sound boxes. I don't have mine's my computer sitting on one right now, but it's an incredibly loud portable speaker. And we have an FM transmitter and broadcast out a, a, a ubiquitous signal across a, a local area and just have incredible parties in public spaces, moving parties that go into, you know, into fountains, through the streets, very, very um, respectful and high energy and positive energy. It's, we can consider the concept called, of capital P partying and uh, you know which is about getting dressed up dancing your face off in 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 a expressive format in a safe but in a safe space clubs suck they're generally like the dance floors in clubs are terrible places they're horrible places to dance like if you're a female in them like it's like you know it's you're in a shark tank a lot of the times um and 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 because it sucks people end up resulting resorting to drugs and alcohol in order to have a good time and people end up getting wasted and that's not partying that's like just it's abusing yourself so we take it to the streets and we have a great time and we've been doing these since like you know we've done it i think this saturday will be the sixth in a row the sixth saturday in a row that we've had a virtual decentralized dance party so we figured out the zoom setup where you know we've got a, a solid audio broadcast on one one screen, so we've got clean audio across all, everything. We've got a microphone. We switch around to other people. We have our spaces set up. Like I don't know if you saw, I've got disco lights in here, and we've got an incredible, incredible like you know dance zone here, and we're dancing all over the place uh, and bringing together and shining lights. So that's on on Saturday at 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Will be the next one. Uh, and then we got a, I just bought an RV too, which was Jason King's RV, which he did blockchain across America. So he ran from Miami to uh, Santa Monica and generating, like, raising awareness for blockchain and the homeless epidemic. So he started Sean's Outpost, which was like really OG stuff. Um, and so we've just acquired this and I'm we're leaving California at the end of the month and driving up to Ottawa, Canada. So we're going to be crossing all over America in this RV uh, with my family. And uh, it's going, we're really excited about it. And it's, we'll, we'll have to connect on the road. Awesome. You know, I, you, you, this dance party thing, God willing, everybody is back to physical dance parties soon. Okay. I, 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 I'm glad that you do these parties and yes, clubs do uh, suck in many ways. I, I've been to many clubs and I've, uh, had a lot of alcohol at these clubs. And when you look back on it, you realize, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have done. So it, it's good. You're, 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 you're doing a good vibe there. I just hope, you know, I, I understand now people are a little worried about, but we're all going to have to get in touch in person again one day, people. Touch, seeing people in person, that's real. That's real life. Remember that, everyone. Remember that. There will, there will be no new normal. We'll get back to dance parties. Go hug. Go, go hug your, go see your family. If you haven't seen your family in a little bit, go see your family. Go like, you know, shake hands with your neighbor. Like don't, like don't go, you know, don't be reckless, but you know, don't be afraid of other people. And I, a lot of us I know aren't afraid of other people. Yeah. But he, again, what I, what I am seeing on the street, there are people who are afraid of other people now. And that that's what fear has done. And it's a freaky thing to see. It really is weird uh, to, to see when, 
when you're a skinny runner like me, people jump off the sidewalk because they're scared of you now. It's it's very strange, very strange times indeed. But I'm glad you're doing good things, and that's awesome. You're driving across the country. You're driving more than across the country. You're getting back. Yeah, crossing the border, baby. See what's going on out there. I'm like, you know, this is want to want to see it firsthand because I don't, you know, trust what's coming through the tube. Exactly. I would love, you know, some of the countries that are being ripped on for uh, doing it wrong. I, I want to go to Sweden right now. I want to see it for myself. But unfortunately, these countries still every country scared of every other country. Like you, you can't get into other countries now. But hey, by July, hopefully we'll have international travel again. And I, I, wa I want to go straight to the horse's mouth and see uh, see these places for myself. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you, Kyle, for your return. It's been awesome. Um, anything else to say? I'm going to give everybody one last chance to, before we get off the air here. I want to say thank, right. thank you, Adam. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Adam and Phil as well for all coming over here and, you know, just doing what we do and doing the best we can and, you know, being strong ambassadors for, uh, the crypto revolution. All right. All right. And, and thanks for showing us your car. That was very unpredictable. I had no idea that a, a car would all of a sudden be revealed from behind those signs. I had no idea. That was one of the great moments in this show's history. I, I, that was awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, Adam, any clo any closing remarks? Anything you want to add? No, I appreciated Kyle's, uh, I appreciated his admonition to go out and hug somebody and see your family. I've, I've been doing that. And uh, at first it was a little hard, you know, it's a little hard. I think, I think psychologically, we're getting now used to like not touching other people or not getting close to other people. And I think that's a bad thing. And hopefully we'll be able to overcome that soon. Hopefully it'll be easier than it was to, you know, just lay down the way we've been doing it. Yes. Yes. Do not, do not blindly follow. Let's get back to a uh, normality here. Hug, hug your neighbor. All right. <laughs> Tay international just said something. I, but very good point, Tay, in, in, in the chat, right, that you just made. All right, we're going to leave it. Uh, if I say it, we're going to get into a whole new subject matter on here. But you you are uh, correct, Tay, uh, or make a very good point. And finally, we'll leave it with uh, – because there's some people chatting in the chat right now. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it with Phil. What do, you, what do you have to conclude on here? Leave us with some words of wisdom. Go outside, get some vitamin D, ride your bike, but most importantly, stack some sats. Oh, baby. That's what I like to hear. All right, dudes. Pound that like button. Check out all these guests. Follow them on Twitter. You can get in touch with them that way. They can tell you about all the cool things that they're doing. If you had questions about something they said, a product or, or, or whatever it may be. Well, all right. You know, this week at Bitcoin, we do it here every Friday. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Subscribe to this backup channel. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> anyway, and uh, if you're listening to this on sportsmeister.com, thank you very much. Twitter, I'm TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. That's where you got to go to know where you're going to hear the show at. You know, you never know what's happening in this uh, weird algorithm world that we're living in, when I'm going to get kicked off from what platform. And Okay, so, hey, everybody, Shabbat Shalom. New show here every single day. I will be back on Saturday night. Thank you very much, guests. It was it was a rocking time, and uh, see you all soon.